are listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. Well, I am indeed out of the funk I was in, but it was a bit of a swing and a miss. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. So last week we talked about getting in the funk, um, how it's happened to me, how it's probably happened to you, my, uh, my thoughts or my approach on how I was going to try to break that cycle. And it, it did work. Uh, but again, a bit of a swing and a miss. So I talked about changing up, you know, my, my hunting location. Um, like I said before, I've got a piece of private land that's within a 25 minute drive of my house with work and other obligations. It's just a really easy place to access. Um, had some good luck on the property in the past and it honestly became a bit of a crutch, but at the same time, wasn't having a a lot of deer sightings and just kind of got to the point where it was like, you know, not necessarily why I go, but it was a lot harder to convince myself to to get out and, and get in the woods on that particular piece of property. So I was looking for a way to to break that cycle. And to do that, I, I had a uh, an area on some public land, which I have a ton of near my house. A um, little bit further, this, this particular location is 45 minutes to an hour from my house. But... I had placed a trail camera and actually put a YouTube video out on this. I can't remember if I mentioned this in the last episode or not, but um, when my wife was was fighting cancer, I'd put the camera out. Um, about a month after that, her diagnosis turned a lot worse. And to be honest, the camera was just forgotten about. Uh, not forgotten about, but I just didn't have time to go get it. Uh, and it was not very high on my priority list at the time. But when I did finally go and retrieve it a little over a year later, I found a lot of activity. Um, and it was just a great location, natural uh, pinch point, um, food and, and bedding and water traffic. So you could even sit and watch. If you if you actually analyze the videos, you could see animals going um presumably to water is what I was guessing most, but you could see that traffic going um, in the morning, coming back later in the morning, sometimes going in the afternoons, coming back later in the afternoons. Um, And because of the terrain feature, and I'm not getting into a ton of detail about that, but because of the terrain features around it, it was just a very solid natural, um, natural funnel. In addition to that, Um, it was on a very pronounced bench, if you know what that is in studying topography and the location of this bench that these animals are using, there's hunting sign within a hundred yards of, of this location. In fact, found a good bit of sign of, of both climbers, uh, an abandoned ladder stand. Um, but the location of this bench, any animal walking this bench is not going to be seen from these the locations where I did find sign that people were hunting. So anyway, I've been wanting to hunting, hunt this for a couple of years now, really just hadn't had the time or opportunity. It is in a very out-of-the-way location. Um, in fact, when I first scouted it, going in from one access point um, on this public uh, piece of public land, it was about a two-and-a-half-mile hike. Um, and this is in the 
Um, not really mountainous terrain. I think the elevation is somewhere around 1600 feet. Um, uh, but it's, it's kind of rugged. Um, but in studying some different, uh, access avenues that I had, I did find a better way to access it in some ways. In some ways it's not so much. Um, I am actually using a, a hiking trail to get about a third of the way to where I'm going to hunt. I have to go downhill, cross a body of water, a, a fairly large stream, uh, and then, you know, climb, I think it's 15, 1600 feet elevation in a fairly short distance, about a mile. Um, so there is no easy access to this spot, which is good. I think that's a great thing. Um, but I did find some easier access. So, uh, my plan was to hunt this uh, Saturday and maybe Sunday uh, because I had not been into this location um, previously, you know, in the cover of darkness because I was I was parking my vehicle at around five o'clock, five a.m. Um, I wasn't sure if I was actually going to go all the way to this location. I had a, a secondary spot picked out that was about halfway that I thought about maybe hiking in, setting up on hunting till lunchtime roughly, and then relocating my stand either for an afternoon hunt or potentially just uh, navigating the, the, best, uh, the best path to the location I wanted to hunt, you know, midday, laying down a track on my GPS and then going back in uh, the following day, as it turned out, um, I was actually making pretty good time and felt like I was not going to have any issue at all getting to the location, getting a stand up and getting set up before daylight. So I pushed on and went to the spot that I really wanted to hunt. Um, so I was actually in the tree, um, with my stand placed camera arm set up, everything ready to go. Uh, and it was just starting to become light on the horizon. So you, you know, you knew the sun was coming, but it wasn't, it wasn't light at all. In fact, I needed my, I needed my headlamp on there the entire time I was getting set up. Uh, so once I set up, I settled in and got cooled off, um, added some additional, uh, outer layers as I was, as I was cooling off, I'd pretty much gone in with nothing but a short sleeve shirt and it was in the lower forties, which, um, some of you Northern guys, that's nothing, but it was a big drop all of a sudden we've been in the eighties and then it was suddenly in the forties. So hiked in with very light clothes and, and added a, another fairly light, but, um, breathable layer once I started cooling off. Uh, I must admit, as soon as it did get light enough to kind of get my bearings on exactly how I'd set up, I realized I'd set up too close to the the funnel that I was really wanting to hunt. But I was hopeful, and I thought, uh, based on the timing that I was there, I anticipated the animals coming from my left to my right, and with the amount of cover that I had, I thought, you know what, it'll be okay. Uh, and we all know how those plans go. So it started getting light. We, it actually got into um, actual shooting light. And because of the location, I just went ahead and, and eased into a standing position. Had my, my you know, an arrow knocked, uh, bow in hand ready, 
and I'm just leaning back against the tree, fairly comfortable. Um, and I, I pretty much prepared myself that I was going to be standing until I decided to end my hunt that morning, uh, because there was just no way I could spot. I didn't think there was a way I was going to be able to spot animals and get into a standing position, uh, without alerting them. And while I will shoot in a seated position, if I have the option, I would much rather shoot in a standing position. I just feel like it gives me a lot more flexibility and a lot less chance of, of alerting animals with noise or, or additional movement. So, um, I'm watching, I'm trying to slowly turn my head back and forth every, you know, every little bit, just to make sure I'm watching as far as I can see in the distance from movement, um, on e from either direction that's going to funnel deer into the spot that I'm actually, uh, stationed. And probably the fourth time I looked to my right, which again, I didn't expect animals to come to my right first thing in the morning. Uh, but I turned to my right and I'm, I'm kind of staring and went into one of those moments where something crept into my mind and I'm, I'm sitting there looking without really looking and thinking about other things. And then suddenly I just kind of startled myself back to reality and, and kind of focused in on the direction I was looking and lo and behold, there's a, there's a buck standing there. Now, not huge. Um, when I first saw him, he was probably 30 yards away, maybe 40. Um, but a good size young buck, maybe a, I think he was a fork horn and he proceeds to come down this trail and I just know he's going to bust me in this tree because I, while I've got cover, uh, I'm more exposed on anything coming from the right. And he gets to about 15 yards again, coming straight towards me. And he looks up at me and he stares for just a minute. And I think, for a second, I think that's it. He's going to break bolt, you know, and, and he looked for a minute and then he put his head down and continue on. And I sat there and I had I already had my bow pointing, uh, down to my left. So as he passed by, I was going to have an opportunity to draw and shoot. And he just walked right by me. I was, I was sitting there honestly amazed that he just continued on after he looked directly at me. Uh, but he did. And I had a spot picked out. I was going to, to shoot. And as soon as he got past, I went ahead and drew, came to full draw, hit anchor, and he stopped perfectly. And I hit anchor and I'm focusing on the spot I want to hit. And that little, and we're really talking about maybe six yards. And I remember telling myself the little voice in my mind, aim low. So I adjusted my aim just slightly and aimed a little bit lower and I released and that buck stood perfectly still. He never, until the arrow struck the ground, I don't think he moved. Um, I couldn't get the camera on him. So I, I don't have any video footage of this. If I would tried to turn on the camera by the time I saw him, it would have been, I would have never gotten a shot opportunity. And I'm a hunter first. Um, I love getting things on video, but I'm a hunter first. So anyway, uh, the arrow, I saw the arrow hit the ground. The buck tore out. My arrow gets kicked and is flopping around, but I can, I can pretty well see it's, it's as clean as a whistle. Um, I just shot right up under his chest. I would later find out when I, when I climbed down later in the day, I, I shaved a good bit of hair off of his, off of his brisket, you know, off of the bottom of his chest. And it was laying 
in a couple of spots uh, as he tore off, which made me feel, honestly, it made me feel good for two reasons. One, it was a clean miss. There was no blood anywhere. Uh, and two, it showed me that my Simmons tree sharks were just scalpel sharp. I mean, they, they cut a lot of hair just to have brushed by an animal. Um, so, you know, that, that gave me a good boost of confidence. Um, and as things would go later, um, uh, in the morning, it, I ended up getting, again, I, I definitely broke out of the funk cause I really got excited. I ended up seeing more whitetails that one morning by 11 AM than I've seen the rest of the season within, within range. Now I've seen a lot of animals at distance, but within range, um, by the end of that morning, I had 14 whitetails within my comfort range of shooting. Now the bad part is every animal with the exception of a few, uh, came from my right. So the next batch that came in, I actually spotted them about 80 yards out and, was perfectly set up and waiting on them, uh, leaned against the tree as close as I could get to the tree. And I've got video and I posted this on Facebook. Uh, the first two were little yearlings and they, you know, they didn't have a clue. They, they were just letting mama watch for them. But that, that next doe, their mother, she picked me out probably at about 15 yards, but again, quartering towards me, there was no way I could shoot, but as soon as she saw me, she knew something wasn't right. And she stood there for just a minute and then retreated. And she never really blew uh, a serious alarm, but she did, she did blow a little bit. And, you know, the two, the two yearlings, they ended up circling back around me and going, um, getting back with the group, but out of, you know, and I wouldn't have shot them anyway, I don't think, but they were, they were, um, they circled back about 40 yards. I caught glimpses of them as they was, as they were heading back. Now, the cool thing is while I was watching this group of does, there were actually five in the group and I'm assuming the other two, they were definitely younger does than the one that busted me. And I'm thinking they may have been her, um, her offspring from last season. Cause they looked, they, I would say they looked about a, a year old, a little over, and it was really cool. They actually, uh, at about 30 yards, they started, um, I guess you would, I would call it play fighting. It was definitely not anything serious, but they were up on their, they were up on their back feet and back feet and, and using their front hooves to, um, simulate that they were fighting. Like I said, there was nothing serious about it, but they actually stood on their back legs and did this for, I don't know, 10 or 15 seconds. So it was really cool to watch that. Um, and after, after mama gave her little, her little blow, they, you know, they, they didn't, they milled around a little bit, but they never came very close at all. They probably never got within 25 yards of me. Um, so I had no, you know, had no shot option, which was fine. Got a little bit of video footage, which was cool. And then they kind of, they kind of moved out. Um, and once again, so after the buck came through, I thought about getting down and moving and I said, I convinced myself, well, you know, the buck came through, so maybe something else will, and I can, I can get by with my location. So I didn't move. I should have, but I didn't. So this group, they, they moved on. And after I'd given them a little bit of time and thought, well, you know what, I should, I should climb down and, and relocate. And in trying to wait long enough that I didn't really spook the animals that had just left, 
another group came in. Now these came in from my left side, which was the direction that I wanted, but they didn't come through the, the, the funnel, the pinch point. They were instead, they were up on the, the ridge above me, still about 20 yards, but just not a, a real comfortable scenario for making a shot. They never knew I was there. And while I probably could have taken a shot, it was, it was on the edge of my comfort zone. And with all the animals I was seeing, I, I just honestly decided it would be better not to booger things up by making a bad shot. So I just let those, I think that was four in that group. I let them walk. Um, and then I, once again, I decided, should I move my stand? Um, and I thought about it and thought about it. And as I'm, I'm sitting there thinking about it and kind of studying the options that I have, I, I heard, I heard noise again, started really focusing on, uh, to my right and lo and behold, two black bear pop out. And those ended up coming right by me within maybe six feet of my tree. Um, but as Jerry Russell has told me a couple of times, never, never shoot a bear if it's, if it's two together, because one of them's going to, most likely one of them's going to be a sow and the other one's going to be a, a younger bear. And that was the, that was the case here. Now the younger bear was probably a, a year old. I think he would have probably been legal, but if he was, it wasn't much. He was not a very big bear at all. And just not really something that I, I cared anything about taking. And it was fun to watch. So they, they milled on past and, and then they moved out of my, um, out of my, my, my sight. And once again, I thought about moving my stand. I checked my watch and it was at this point, it's about ten fifteen, And I was honestly, uh, only planning to stay till noon that day. I had some other obligations. So I decided at this point, it really didn't make much sense to move the stand. Um, and I ended up sitting till a little after 11 o'clock and lowered my bow down, uh, took my, well, let me back up. I took my camera gear down, um, got everything situated there and, and lowered my, my bow and my pack down and I take my stand up the tree with me. So I'm taking the stand down with me and I unhook the, I unhook the stand, get it on my back, remove the receiver. I use a millennium stand. Um, uh, I start down the tree. I remove the first stick and I lower it by the, the strap as lower as low as I can. And I drop it and I go to the next stick and do the same thing. And as I step down to the last stick, I look, and lo and behold, here comes another group of, of does. These were coming from the direction that I expected the entire morning. And by the time I spot them there at maybe 40 yards, there's nothing I can do. I, I can, if I try to go down the tree, I'm going to spook them. If I try to get to my bow or pull my bow up, I'm going to spook them. And there's no way that they're going to give me a shot opportunity. Um, regardless of, even if I could get my bow in my hand, by the time they come into my range, they're going to be looking dead at me. Um, the only way it would have worked is if I had still been in my stand and could let them pass by me. So I've got a quartering away shot. So when they get close enough that I know they can see me, I make some movement, um, just so that they, I don't want to spook them, but I want them to know something's not right. I, I would much rather them spook than, than get my win. So, I moved a little bit, um, 
the the oldest doe in the bunch, of course, right away catches the movement. She stands there and she she doesn't really stomp, but I can see that she's picking her foot up and tapping the ground a little bit and she's bobbing her head. And at that point, I just froze. I did not move anymore. I knew she had seen movement. I knew she was alert. And after about 30 seconds, she she figured out it just wasn't worth the risk. So she turned and, and the rest of them left with her. Uh, once they were out of sight, I slowly removed the rest of my stuff. I got everything packed up and I, I snuck out of there as quietly as I could because I definitely want to hunt this location again. I think it's really, um, I honestly think it would be good all season just because of the terrain features and the way it's set up. But I will not hunt this again until mid-November. Um, we'll talk about chasing the rut here in just a, a minute but as I wrap up, but I won't go back to that, that spot for a month. I've got some other locations. So as I, as I was making my way back out, as I mentioned, it was a pretty good hike in. Um, but I'm checking some locations going back. There's a couple less predominant, uh, terrain funnels. There's a lot of white oaks dropping or have dropped there. This, this area is just covered in, in white oak acorns right now. Um, so uh, I made a few GPS waypoints, both where there was, um, some good traffic through some natural funnels as well as food sources. Um, if I get the opportunity to go back to this public land, uh, this public area before the rut, I've got like five or six different locations that I can hunt and still leave, uh, this really prime area alone. I, I just, it's so good. I do not want to take the chance of, of just running running the animals out of there. And I don't think anything this past weekend was, was alarmed enough that they're really going to alter their patterns all that much. I'm sure. They stayed out for a day or two, but I know they didn't smell me. I'm sure there was some residual human scent there, but again, I don't think it's enough to really push them out. I know there's people that, that hike through this general area on a regular basis. So they're used to smelling humans. Um, but again, I just, I don't want to push it. So um, I've got some options on this piece of public land. It's, it's one of a few that's really close to me, um, that I can hunt up to the end of the season, um, which makes me feel really good. It's, it's a lot of acreage, a lot of acreage. So I've got a lot of opportunity up there, but, um, I've also got several obligations coming up. Um, I'm out of town this weekend, so hunting is off the books this weekend. Um, I'm having some, uh, follow-up rather minor surgery, um, next week. So I'll be out of commission at least part of next weekend as well. So that would be the weekend of the 29th. And if I'm able to get out that weekend, um, I will actually probably be hitting the woods with a firearm. I've got a, um, a WMA here that's having their first managed uh, hunt this coming or that week, the last weekend, last week in November, excuse me, the last week in October. Uh, so I think that hunt runs the 27th, 28th, 29th, and 30th with the 30th being uh, either sex. And this is strictly just meat in the freezer for me. If I, if I fill up to, um, if I fill up to going after my procedure that week. So um, 
So anyway, I may not make it back out until with, with a bow until I really start chasing the rut. That remains to be seen. Um, some corrections I made for this location if I go back. Um, something I would recommend anybody do when they feel like they've made a mistake. You know, study what, what you feel like you did wrong and make corrections. Um, I did scout out a few other trees that, that would be much better next time that I know now I can find even if it's pitch black dark. Uh, I saved a few waypoints. I also saved several waypoints as I was headed back to my vehicle for additional locations that I can hunt. And I'm considering the next time I go in there carrying my saddle simply because um, I was I was pretty well wiped out from carrying a stand and sticks and camera equipment and all that stuff that far back. And I do want to keep the camera equipment. So I might have to get a little bit of additional practice in. I haven't hunted with a saddle much since the first of the season. So maybe get out and do some of that in the backyard just to make sure I'm, I'm dialed in and prepared. But I think, you know, it may be a good spot to use my saddle next time. Um, so I guess in closing, uh, just a few minutes about uh, chasing the rut and some plans that I have around that. Um, I've kind of, I've got a few days of vacation left that I've kind of saved for the rut this year, which I've, I've honestly never been able to do. So that's kind of a good feeling, but, um, I think it's looking like right now, the sixth through the eighth, I'm going to actually be, um, taking several days. Um, that's a Sunday, a Monday and a Tuesday, um, to chase the rut down in middle Georgia. I've got some property I hunt down there with Jerry Russell, uh, I've taken some nice deer off of that uh, property in the past, and it's expanded a little bit now from what I'm f familiar with hunting. So um, the 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 peak day down there, uh, according to Jerry, and he's he's right every year, is the ninth. So hoping to get three days into the rut down there. Um, after that, I will be headed to North Carolina that same week. I haven't hunted up there in many years, but I'm I'm planning to hunt up there the 11th, the 12th, and maybe the morning of the 13th before I have to drive back. So if it's not kicking in up there yet, it should be really good uh, pre-rut. So it should be a lot of lot of movement going on. I've got some really thick locations that I'd scouted out a few weeks ago. Um, the 11th is the last day of primitive weapons in North Carolina. So I will be able to, I will be hunting with my bow that day. Um, their gun season opens on the 12th. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do on the 12th and the 13th. I'm, I'm probably going to hunt the mornings with my bow and maybe the evenings with a firearm, but I haven't decided yet. I will be carrying my uh, SSK 375 JDJ contender. Uh, up there for that hunt. So we'll wait and see what happens there. Uh, and then once I'm back in Georgia, I'm actually taking the 15th of November off to head back to the same location I was at this past weekend. And I've still got two days and uh, of, of vacation of PTO time. So I may take either the 14th or the 16th as well. Um, I'm not sure yet. I'm just going to kind of play that by ear. I try not to completely exhaust PTO time because as soon as I do, something will come up and I'll, I'll need that time. But I am looking forward to, to hunting the, the rut this year. It's one of those things that I've really never, um, I've never take, taken specific days for the rut and I've never really 
I've never really focused on hunting just because it was the rut. It's always been, I'm going to be out there anyway, if the rut's happening, great. But this year, I'm, uh, because I've got some extra PTO days remaining, I'm actually going to give it a shot and see how, see how things go. Uh, once the rut's gone, then it'll be more of a, a shifting back to late season food sources and hunting specific terrain features, which is kind of what I always do anyway. So um, really looking forward to late season a bit as well. And talk to my good buddy Tom this past week a little bit. And looks like he will be joining me for some hunting the week of the 15th of December. Um, not sure exactly what that'll consist of yet because like me, Tom will be pretty much out of vacation time by then, I think. So it may be some hunting in the mornings, working during the day, and then getting some time in the stand on, on weekends, but, uh, on the weekend, but I've got some, some spots picked out. And by the 15th of December, this area that I hunted this past weekend, which I'm, again, I'm just overly excited about this specific location. Um, but I think maybe I'll, I'll slip in there and both Tom and I'll hunt. Um, cause it's a pretty long section that you can, that you can hunt. That's all acting as this natural funnel. So uh, I think both of us may hunt it one day while he's here and then that'll be it for the, the 2022 season for this location. But I guess before I wrap up, um, I always try to think about something I can ask the listeners just to to chime in, leave a comment on, on social media for me or, or shoot me an email. So with that, this one, um, I'd like to hear about any location that you have found over the years that, that is a lot like this one that I hunted this past week, where it's something that, you know, you found it as soon as you found it, you couldn't wait to hunt it. Um, and it's one of those that can be productive, regardless of what time of the season it is from, uh, for me, that's early September until the end of, um, December 1st of January. And that's one, this is one of those places, as long as I don't screw it up or somebody else doesn't go in there and screw it up. Um, it's, it's, it's just a prime location regardless of where, uh, when you're, you're in there. Um, looking at the video footage that I had from the trail camera, uh, you know, you couldn't really, you couldn't really pick one day as being better than the next throughout the season with the exception of during the rut and the bigger bucks moving through, uh, which pretty much occurred from like the, I want to say by the video footage of that year, it was from the, like the 11th through the 18th is when I really saw um, the buck activity pick up. So um, while the 15th, which I'm planning to be there is a little, I'd rather be there a few days earlier. I'm just kind of having to roll the dice as far as where I can be uh, on, on which specific date. So we'll hope it all works out. So anyway, that uh, pretty much wraps up everything I wanted to chat about today. I hope this has been entertaining. I hope maybe you've picked up on something that that maybe you learned something or maybe it gave you a thought of something you want to try or rekindled a memory, whatever that may be. Um, I am out of town this coming weekend, um, but I still plan to put something together for you uh, next week. But until next time, I hope you've enjoyed this and I'll talk to you all real soon. Take care, everyone. <music>